Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode 169 for Monday, June 11th, 2018. folks and welcome to gig gab the podcast by for and about working musicians here back in durham new hampshire i'm dave hamilton here still in los gatos california it's paul kent how you doing mr kent i'm good it was nice to see you this week man it was very brief but it was nice to see you, you it, got to see my band play i got to see you and the house rockers kick ass for a night yeah it was, it was a pleasure <laughs> really a pleasure Thank you, man. yeah Thank you, you guys are great really that's the best i've ever seen you um, oh, just, wow. Well, just the most energetic. I mean, you had a good you had a good crowd, right? You had an engaged you had a really drunk crowd. Let's let's be perfectly honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, but, you know, like that's that's how it goes. And uh, and and then they were very enthusiastic. Um, it was, you know, the moments of, of fear of not being, you know, behind the uh, the invisible fourth wall of the stage like you were. Because I was out amongst the the mayhem, but uh, but for the most part, people were fine and and very enthusiastic. And you guys fed right off of that and and delivered it too. I mean, it was you know it was that that whole thing we always talk about, folks, where you know you got to give the energy from the stage in order to get it back, and then it becomes this flowing thing. And then you guys you know you guys delivered a masterclass in that, so it was great. Oh, thank you, man. It was yep. it was a lot of fun. It was great to have you there. You know, obviously, I I would be lying if I didn't say. A large part of my headspace was, I wonder what Dave's thinking about this as we're going along. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, I, it sucks, doesn't it? Having like a friend or, you know, somebody that you know is out there thinking about everything that's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sucks. But no, yeah, I, yeah, I enjoyed the heck out of it. And, you know, I told you this that night, but um, your the the harmonies that you guys had going, like the intonation on them was stellar. Uh, you really were locked in together in uh, in in some really great ways. So, I, well, it's all about being able to hear the subtlety, right? This totally. is like, yep. you know, you can't that, that. I would imagine that's kind of hard to do with wedges with with general stage sound. This is where Nick Nick is very in tune to, it, but actually, Nick is kind of what we all intonate to, right? You know, he's spot on, mm. and so as long as we can hear Nick, we can you can kind of feel where your harmony goes. That makes sense. But, yeah, but but hearing like real subtleties that's being able to hear yourself at least for me that's being able to hear yourself and it was it was actually it was a loud room it was a you know it was a big sound system it was a loud stage man the bass was thumping on stage i mean it was like uh, yeah i don't know why they had the low end up as loud as they did but you know that's fine yeah yeah, so, that's how it goes. Yeah, I, yeah gotta, that's how it I, goes in those rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is how it goes in those rooms. So anyway, it was cool to spend some time with you, get a little brief meal, and uh, get reconnected. And uh, yeah, it was fun for me to play for you. So that was cool. I'm yeah. glad you liked it. Yeah, it was. It was a blast. You guys are great, and it was great Thanks, to see. Man. You know, after all of our discussions here about Russ, your new drummer, it was great to see him play. So you he's know, really like, good, isn't he? He's great. Yeah, yeah. In, in talking to him, he doesn't give himself nearly enough credit. He's a very, very humble guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he, you know. But you know, there's an interesting thing there. Like it, it's something like not having any humility is, I think, a bad thing, right? But there can be a scenario where you have too much. I, I'm not convinced he has too much. He may be overplaying it, uh, overstating it, which is when he speaks. But, um, but you got to be careful. Like you need to, especially a drummer. 
like you got to hit the stage with confidence that you're going to carry this band. Right. You know, and, and at some level you have to believe it. I think, he I think the it. thing with yeah. Russ is, you know, he's, he's a confident musician. Correct. He is, he is genuinely humble. I think the thing is, um, we've approached that Nirvana thing where, you know, he really feels like he's, he's given the band what he can give them on a, on a full show basis. We had, yep. we had a great club date a week ago, which was from downbeat to the end was really fun. And we've had a lot of good moments, but I, you know, knowing as much about Russ as I do, I think that's mostly his expectation about what, uh, what, uh, what he wants to bring to the band. So, you know, one, one small, I don't even call it a flub, but you know, one small moment, that's not what he expected to be knowing Russ well enough. He'll, he'll always say I can do better. And that's kind of a lot of what you were feeling. Yeah. 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 uh, We're going to ruin him on that because you know, yeah, I call songs and, and, and uh, you know, and I just like, do you know this song? I heard it before. I just follow along. That's not what I think he does a whole lot of, or has been doing a whole lot of. And, um, so I'm going to shake him a little bit as time goes on because he's a fantastic musician and he's really fun to play with and he's really fun to be in a band with. So I bet. Um, we're going to actually watch the the Warriors play tonight and hopefully win a championship. And just getting that social time with him is really fun for me because I know I knew of him for a, a long time before he joined the band. Sure. And we've spent a fair amount of time since he's joined the band. But, you know, really getting that that thing where he reacts to everything I do on stage, that's a chemistry thing. That's a, yes. that's a getting to know people thing. Yep. And so I, I think that the offstage stuff really helps with that stuff. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It, it's interesting. Cause I've been in, in the scenario that Russ is in many times and, and there's two parts to it, right? The chemistry, the trust, knowing that, you know, when I make a mistake, it's not, Oh man, there's that guy over there that we don't really know. And he just like, you know, in some way, hopefully not a huge way, you know, screwed up this song that we're playing. Like that's very different than uh, Dave messed up that thing. Right. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that, that has to happen on two levels, right? It has to happen in the, everyone in the band's minds, but then it also has to happen in my head or in, in your case, you know, in, in the case of the house rockers and Russ's head where there's that trust of, yeah, I can screw something up and we're going to look at each other and laugh and yes. and move on, right? And it's yes. okay. Even when though you're the new you, guy, you're sensitive that the flubs are are you know are end of game type things. And correct. but when you're when the trust is already there, yep. and every, you realize everybody has their moments during a, during a gig, you know, well, good and it. bad. So, and you got to so have I enough. Agree. Gigs. That's, that's good analysis. You got to have enough gigs to where everybody's had their moments, right? It's like okay, yeah, you know, that guy screwed up this, that guy screwed up that, or whatever. And also, y- you know, having material that you're playing that you all learned together uh, or didn't learn. Like do I do is one that was the song Russ actually brought in. And that was one we all started from, from, you know, the first rehearsal to, and you know, that, that we played an OAR song called um, wonderful day. You know, these are all, you know, we actually have, you know, a fair amount, you know, you heard us play tears of a clown. Yep. Um, you know, a few other things. Those were ones. And you can tell Russ is right there with us. You He's in totally, the exact same amount of familiarity. Yeah, I could tell. I mean, it, and, and this is where it's like, and I, 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 I say this about him only because I, I saw it, but I, like, I am fully guilty of the same thing, which is why it's so, you know, palpable for me is like the tunes that, that, you know, you guys knew and he came in and had to learn either the song or at least your arrangement of the song or whatever. 
you know, he's he's really intent on getting it right. Whereas the ones that that you either played together and rehearsed together or when you had uh, Jim Dalrymple, the host of the party, come up and play some tunes. You know, you were you were some of those you, you were lo- you were much looser. Yeah, it was like we're going to hack our way through this. And <laughs> but then we're all at the same level. Right. Everybody on on this. I, I, I say we. But, you know, at that moment, it was you guys. Right. But everybody's at the same level. And and the confidence is is there. And it's just like harnessing it's and it's really hard really really hard as the quote-unquote new guy in the band to harness that confidence that you know you just have. takes time man it just, it just takes, takes time, time to yeah. build trust yeah yeah it's tough it, it's tough but so, but yeah no i i was really impressed i really cool. blown away yeah it was a fun it was fun to watch yeah yeah oh, thanks dave you guys cool. definitely had hey, more, got an interesting more energy than the crowd which is good but, <laughs> but, which no that's like that's um it it actually it, this is no joke, and I'm not doing this just to butter you up, but it reminded me of the first time that I saw Extreme. Um, it was down in Austin. It was when they were, you know, uh, I don't know, this was like 20 something years ago or whatever. I mean, they were, you know, they were working hard and, and you know, out there trying to prove something every night, which actually I think that band does every night anyway. And I'll never forget them asking the crowd, like, do you guys have, uh, you know, any energy left? Like we want to keep playing, but you know, you guys got to step up and join us, you know? And, and Gary Sharon is a very, you know, dominant force when he's on stage like that. It was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, we're, we're here, we're here, we're here. But, um, but I definitely felt that same kind of thing. Like you guys were ready to rock and the crowd was, you know, like starting to, well, it was nine to one guys to girls. Exactly. So it wasn't going to be a dancing night, but then, you know, it turned into one though. Yeah. 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 yeah, It was good. It did. Um, I want to talk about our sponsor, simple contacts, Paul. If you visit simplecontacts.com slash, uh, oh, and use coupon code GigGab. I always got to get it right. Uh, you save, or you can visit, visit simplecontacts.com slash GigGab. I knew we could do either one. You save 30 bucks off your first order of contacts. This is the cool, and contact lenses, of course, is what I mean. This is one of the coolest things I've ever done. And I think you did it too. Our, our wives wear contacts. And, uh, you know, normally in order to get a new uh, batch of contacts. You got to go to the doctor. You got to spend time. You got to spend money. Uh, you know, and usually a lot of money, a couple hundred bucks for a doctor's appointment or whatever, just to get your new order of contacts. Well, this solves that problem because you get to do your vision test, right? It doesn't take the place of your whole, you know, full eye health exam, but mm-hmm. it does a vision test right there, either on your computer or on an app on your phone. And confirms that your vision is what it is. You put your contacts in, you do the vision test, and then you use their little app to scan the barcode on your existing lenses, and it matches exactly with those, and then you you order your lenses. And not only do you save 30 bucks using coupon code GIGGAB, you save a ton of money because simple contacts pricing is way better than anything my wife has found before. Really, really cool service. Well done. So you got to check it out. Go to simplecontacts.com slash giggab and and or use coupon code giggab at checkout and you'll save 30 bucks on uh, on this great service. And uh, our thanks to Simple Context for sponsoring this episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So what's your what's the what's the topic, Paul? So I have this this premise because I played a gig on Saturday a week ago, Saturday night, June 2nd. Okay. I played this Fogarty gig where I was just a guy in the band, which was a whole 
series of great emotions just to be able to, you know, just play guitar and not have to have any responsibility of being a good guitar player. Blissful, um, isn't it? Yeah. Blissful, man. Absolutely. But, but the thing is, this was another one of these special gigs. So, so, you know, I started this, I did a Springsteen gig last year. Yeah. I followed that with a petty tribute, you know, after that. And then I just did another big Springsteen gig and I've convinced Steve and Mary Ellen who are in my band, the, my harmony trio, Acoustic Madness, that these are really good things. They're good things on many levels. They're, they're good things as a performer to to take the stage when, you know, 100, 200 people are facing you and it's up to you to give them an evening of entertainment. Different than a bar band gig. Sure. And we're going to talk about that in a second. It's good um, for your musical community. These are different types of gigs that get out there. Um, it's good uh, for the music consumer. And that's actually what I really want to talk about most is – this went over great and they, they've all gone over all four that I mentioned have gone over great and people really seem to appreciate it. And it dawns on me that, you know, especially as someone who fronts a band, you're creating some kind of community around your band. That's your goal. You know, you want to get right. some kind of a fan base, you get a fan base, you can take that fan base to places, you can you know raise your prices, you can feel the love when you're playing. There's all sorts of great benefits about sure. developing a fan base. That's what it's about. Um, these types of special shows are really cool. And the amount of love that was coming back at Steve, my buddy Steve, who who did the Fogarty, yep. uh, and certainly came to me when I did the other ones. You know, music lovers l- love music. And I thought it'd be interesting to kind of dive into, at least from your and my, the musician's perspective, about what is probably going on with those types of people who want to come see you. And there's all sorts of different perspectives to this. You know, there are people who go to bar gigs looking for love. There are people mm-hmm. who really have found some meaning and no matter what level of musician you are, find some connection and meaning to what you're doing for them, right? You, you caught them at a difficult time in their life and you played a song that re- resonates with them. They're yours. You know, yeah. you, you, yeah, you now sure. have a relationship with those people. Um, and I was thinking that this show, these formats where they're more listening formats. Now, every single one of them, uh, turned into somewhat of a dance thing at the end. The energy build, you know, that's certainly the way I, I wrote my set list. That's certainly the way Steve wrote his set list. The energy builds and, you know, big endings with big famous songs sure. that really send people home rocking and they're out of their seats if you do it right. But, you know, having that kind of a environment where a lot of people, you know, a club date is a thing, right? You go to a club, it's noisy. You're, 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 you're fighting to get a drink, you know, you get, get your time with the bartender, you know, it's about the dancing often. It's about the, you know, people looking for each other. That's one vibe. I'm not going to say good or bad. I'm just going to say that's just, one vibe. That's what a bar gig is, right? Totally agreed. Yep. It's what a bar but gig these is. Gigs, yeah. We're about like, I want to pass on some emotional transaction with you. I want to give you some entertainment. And if I do it right and it means something with you, we're both going to have kind of a thing. That's another type of experience that a lot of times people who, you know, they go to bars because they like you. They go to bars because they want to get out for an evening or they have friends in town or whatever those reasons are. But I, I just want to like hold up to the light that the value of you as a musician, you as a front person, you as an accompaniment company um side person you know that that very raw personal exchange of some music some emotion to someone else it means one thing in one format it means other things in other formats 
I can say from my personal example, I'm finding a lot of reward when I get to do these solo acoustic shows. I'm doing one in a coffee shop now in town, Las Gatas Coffee Roasting. And it's a quiet night and everybody's facing me and I have to like flow the whole thing together. I talk between songs, you know, I, I make it as personal connection, drawing entirely from the great experiences I've had from those going to those types of things. Sure. Whether it's a, whether it's a, you know, a big, a big star doing an unplugged show somewhere or whether it's just someone who's just very good in my town who's doing it. You know, you learn, you learn, you learn and you, you know, you piece together your performance chops by doing these types of things. Very, very different than what many people who I understand listen to this show, you know, who are bar bands, who are cover bands, you know, that is, that is one type of exchange. There's room for many of them. And the perspective from the, from the music consumer's perspective is a really interesting thing to understand. You get what I'm saying about I, how I do. they go to a bar and that's one type of experience. And some people like that, um, you know, depending upon where you are, there's nice bars, there's dive bars, there's safe bars, there's less than safe bars, depending upon where you're playing. And, and, and they can on all who your be fun is. to play, right? Depending on who your audience is and the kind of music you're playing and how you really, but it's, it, it's, and I think this is what you're trying to say is you have to at, at some level understand what your crowd is expecting, but also you have to craft that, right? Like you, you, you have some, some leeway there to decide, okay, like this is the type of show I'm going to put on. Now, you know, you pick the wrong venue for the wrong type of show. Things might be a little weird. Like if you guys got up and it was just you with an acoustic guitar the other night at that like dark, loud rock club with people that were really drunk, that maybe wouldn't have gone over quite as well as bringing in a 10 piece band, you know, and rocking the night away. Right. Absolutely. But but you create that vibe with your band or your solo act or your acoustic tree, whatever it is like you're you're part of that. But it, it requires understanding and, and even setting the expectation in, in advance. Right. So that people um, so that people know what they're coming to get. And and yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't even say you can shape that. You have to shape that. You have to own that. I mean, I think and that's part of the thing. Right. So if we go on the basic premise that. You know, having having a fan base is a good thing. I think I think sure. we can all agree on that. I mean, I think there certainly are certain types of musicians who are who are sidemen who just wait for the call. But you know, in most cases, I think if you're in a band, you want your band to have a fan base. If you're if you're a front person, you want to have a fan base. If you have several projects going on, you want to have a, a, a fan base, uh, and you want to continually nurture that fan base. And I just find that um, when I put myself in the shoes of those who come to see me. Like I said, club dates are, are an interesting thing. And I would hasten to say that at any time, there's a certain percentage of... So, so we play this one club regularly, and it holds about 200. Okay. And if I was just to draw some big numbers about that, there's probably... 40% of the people, I don't know them. They don't know me. You know, they're out. Sure. They're out for a club night, right? Yep. I'd say, but that leaves 60% of the people that I have some kind of a connection with. Of that, some percentage of the people are kind of like, well, I know Paul. I know the house rockers. I know, you know, that they play in decent places. It's safe for me to go there, especially if you're a woman. It's safe for me to go there. You know, I won't get bothered too much. I can enjoy the music and just, you know, it's always a fun time. They're nice guys. They put out good energy. Sure. You know, that's a nice time. And maybe I'll dance one or two. That's cool. Um, and then there's some people who like are really into, you know, dancing to the house rockers. They like, they look forward to that. 
understanding the needs of all those people helps me shape the show. You know, knowing that there's 40% of the people who don't know me, I can't, I can't be too specific and familiar. Right. When 40, you know, but I need to demonstrate that my show is about connection. You know, like we don't play and not acknowledge the audience. We don't act like you're not there. You know, we're not, we, we don't think we're background music. So, so we, you know, that's part of how I front the show. Right. Um, and then again, for me doing all these other things, these solo things, you know, when I do, uh, you know, a coffee shop show, I say, one of the things I say pretty regularly is like, you know what? I play in this awesome band called the house rockers. And you know, those who know the house rockers will applaud, which is kind of fun for me. Um, but you know, that's a big noisy band. So I like to do these solo acoustic things and mostly get a little bit more mellow and kind of find those types of songs that express that stuff. And I've just, I've just shared a little bit about who I am, you know, how I come to do what I do. And those kind of connections I think are meaningful. Again, if you're a consumer of music and I'll think about most of the bands, right. You know, what I find is there are many really good musicians in my area. There are some really good front people. Um, most, most of the band and most of the front people are kind of the same, you know, yeah, how sure. you guys doing tonight, that type of thing. Right. Um, I don't find a lot of people that intuitively reach for that connection with their audience well, in the appropriate the, way, in the appropriate place. That's the key is I, I think it's, it starts with sharing a part of yourself either. I mean, hopefully it's, it's a genuine part. It doesn't need to be the entirety, right? You don't need to get on stage and say, you know, hi, I'm Dave. You know, right. my parents got divorced when I was seven and like, I mean, that starts getting weird. Right. But, um, you need to share some relevant, again, hopefully genuine, although I've seen lead singers do the non-genuine thing and some pros are really good at it, but really good at it, really yeah. good at it. But, you know, something that appears genuine, right, which for most of us is easier to do if it actually is and 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 be open right to the to the to the crowd and and just open the experience and i found there's some tricks to that right one is is doing exactly what you do like i'm paul and i you know i i have this other thing that i do that's relevant to this you know but different and but in the same breath you're saying but i really like the contrast that i have here with you tonight right making it special with you tonight the, yeah. the sammy hagar uh, trick, right? Because he will convince you, even though you hear me say this to you, you'll go see him and he will still convince you that the show that you're seeing is the best show that band has ever played. You're the best crowd the band has ever seen. You, That's you know, magic. It's the best night of the tour. And of course he's lying. I mean, he has to be. But the thing is, I think he believes it in the moment when he's saying it, you know. And uh, and it's joy that 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 he happens to communicate. Now, there's some singers like, you know, Morrissey. I don't know that he ever communicated joy, but, it you know, he connected with people. And so it doesn't always have to be the same thing. But, yeah, right. you, you have to share yourself. Another trick that I've found is when the band can have a communicate, have a conversation Either, you know, musically or, or, you know, with facial expressions or just on the microphone, you know, briefly between songs or whatever that is that allows the audience to see in a little bit. Right. And and opening that door just a little bit makes it fun and makes it interesting and makes it not like watching TV. And, For sure. and and that's that's yeah. So it starts with sharing, you know, sharing something again. Well, I think a lot of the things that you said are really useful. So you have to be present. You have to be in the moment. That's really 
the essence of that bond is like, I'm here and you're here. What are we going to do with this time together? Right. Let's, that, that's, let's do something together. Not, not yeah. you, you stare at me while I stare at my shoes and, and play my guitar or play my drums yeah, or whatever. And that's yeah. it. Again, you're right. There are certain enigmatic personalities that can, that sell that. And, and, and they sell it because that's their truth. They're, you know, it's, yeah. it's so painful for them to, to get these words out or to perform this music. That's what people are buying into. And there's a intuitive understanding between performer and audience that, that that's the exchange that's going to happen. But for most of us, you know, it's who a, are you right. know, certainly in the cover realm, I mean, if you're in the original realm, you're, you got to find a way to sell your truth. But if you're in the, you know, if you're in the cover realm, I don't know. I, I'd say it, it, it'd be pretty hard for you to find to be brooding. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, to sell yeah. that. I mean, yeah. maybe. I you mean, could, there are maybe. there are Morrissey yeah. cover bands. I would imagine that 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 you know Morrissey tribute bands, the Smiths tribute bands, right? Yeah. So you know, there there are you know certainly are there though. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, you say that like it's some universal truth that there must be. And perhaps they someone has tried. So, sure, there are. I don't know that that would be overly successful um, without having Morrissey on stage. Although there are Doors cover bands that, you know, that work just fine. But, uh, uh, you know, and, and that guy's, you know, another weird personality to sort of try and, and emulate, if you will. But yeah. And- very, very hard. So, you know, I'm a huge Ryan Adams fan. I love mm. Ryan Adams. I think he's prolific. I think his voice is beautiful. I love the, the very subtleties he has in his, in his self-taught guitar playing. I think, I think he's wonderful. He's pretty brooding in general, yeah. right? Yeah. You can't be that if you're not that. Like, so, to, so I, I get the allure of, you know, this music means so much to me. I want to emote this same feeling to someone else. I'm going to get into my Ryan Adams mode right now. Hard. That's that's pretty hard to kind of like channel that if it's not truly who you are, even if it's affecting you as a musician and you're drawing an influence of it. If you're not a brooding cat, it's pretty hard to sell that you're a brooding cat. You know, Yeah, it comes across at best affected. as affected. Correct. It, you know, yeah. at, trying too hard. at best. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. If you're in a cover band and you don't already know that you're a master of of delivering the brooding message, don't try. Uh, I think is is good advice. So yeah. yeah, but I do. I think a lot about. It. I mean, I'm kind of thinking about the people who have come to some of these shows and the reaction that they get to. I don't have to go to a bar. I can sit there and this this person who I've already bought into that I like them. Yeah, I like what they do. I like how they sound. You know. They, they're just going to let it wash. I'm, it's just going to wash over me. I don't have to, you know, fight drunk people, you know, trying to get a, a drink or trying to, you know, pick someone up or anything like that. I can just sit here and let it wash. And this is why I say, I think this type of thing is really good for a scene. I think if you're a leader mm-hmm. of a, of a cover band, these are really good activities that pay a lot of dividends. It pays dividends on your performance chops and honing your performance chops. It pays dividends in that it's an interesting thing in your town, your community, uh, to ha- do different than just another bar gig, which is like most communities have bars and, and bar bands and bar gigs. What most communities, I don't, I don't think, and, and many communities have original music scenes and that's its own kind of vibe. Yep. If you live somewhere in the middle of those types of things, this concept of doing something. And again, we've done it literally just because I, I wanted to play Tom Petty music and I love to play Bruce Springsteen music and Steve loves to play Fogarty music, you know, but it doesn't have to be that. It can be like, you know, Dave, you know, 
in a 70s state of mind and, you know, whatever, whatever theme you can put together or, you know, I do these PK and friends, you know, classic rock nights, the same type of thing. It's, you know, you find whatever your Dave your in a 70s state of mind. So that means I've got like striped pants and an Afro wig on. Is whatever that, it takes, man. Okay. Hey, I'm just, I'm just trying to takes. put the visual together. Here. A little polyester. A little, you know? a lot of polyester, both, both in the wig <laughs> big and hair, the pants. Big right. hair. Yep, exactly. But like what I'm saying, you know, finding these ways to put on these shows. So it stands well, out finding differently. finding venues too, right? And, well, and that's it, hard. It, and it can be the same venue, right? I mean, it's possible that a venue that, that could host like a, a rock gig could also like put chairs in and host something like you're talking about where it's a tribute night and it's it's meant to be listened to as opposed to, you know, just, just like a band playing at a bar. But but you've got it again. It's it's like we were saying at the beginning, right? You have to know what you're doing and you have to communicate that not only to, you know, to the crowd, but defining it means also working with the venue so that they're getting uh, on board with the expectation of, OK, this is how this is going to work. And and some venues are the right venues and some aren't. And that's OK. Yeah. And you got to find the right the right places there, too. Yeah. Well, I've done I've done uh, two of my three Springsteen shows, and then Steve's Fogarty show was at um, a local venue, really cool, called um, the Art Boutique. It's yeah. It's it's the it's a music hall. Well, actually, it's a comic book store in the front, and then it's a music hall in the back that seats about 160. So just a really good sized space and beautiful big stage, nice in house sound system, uh, and it's funky. And the funkiness actually adds to the vibe of these shows. Right. I've done them in the bar that we've done that we've done uh, club dates in, and um, those sh- that's harder because those shows tend to take on the vibe of that bar, meaning there's a big bar and you know people are bellying up to the bar and you know that type of thing. Um, so you got to be careful, but again, be creative, you know, like you can find places that'll rent your chairs and, you know, bring things in and you can rent stages and you can rent sound systems. I mean, you can turn a lot of interesting places. Mm-hmm. And I actually think the venue is a, is a part of the equation here. I mean, Big time. you know, yeah. but, you know, like you do the church, right? That's an the, interesting the stone church. Yeah, we've got. Yeah. And, and that place that, that, as I was saying, there's places that could go either direction. The church really could go. In the direction of exactly what you're talking about here. And we've done some shows there where where that's sort of the vibe that that we've worked to create as opposed to like tomorrow night we're doing actually tomorrow night will probably go. I'm not sure which direction tomorrow night will go because we're we're doing we're doing a, another fling fest there. But we're starting the night with a few acoustic acts, which we've done in the past and has worked really well. And then fling will be the electric kind of, you know, end to the night thing. Um, then we're doing an interesting thing. We're, uh, we decided we're going to do rock blocks, right? So, or double shots. So we're going to do two songs by any given band. And that's the only thing we're going to do all night, including fling songwriters. So we'll do, you know, two Russ songs and two Mike songs and two Aaron songs and things like that. But, um, but, and we're going to get the crowd involved and and have them help, you know, select what the next rock block is going to be and that kind of thing. So it should be fun, but, um, but the vibe that that I think will be created again. Sometimes you got to go with the flow. You know, if the crowd's really up to dance and move, it's like, well, okay, here we are, let's go. <laughs> yeah. But but this tomorrow night's you know kind of in our minds meant to be a little more of a let's sit and listen and and, yeah. and chill and have a. You and you're right. That. Sometimes you know uh, the crowd decides which way it's going to go, and yep. you know your job is actually serve that. I think totally. as opposed to. 
Yeah. As opposed to enforce your will on it. Steve did a, such a masterful job in the Fogarty show. So he set up a, a screen and he had like a slideshow of like interesting pictures of Fogarty, all the album covers and that type of stuff. Just as kind of a visual that was kind of going on on the side of the stage, off to the side of the stage. That's cool. And, and then he also, and Steve is like rock and roll historian. So he kind of told really well thought out interesting, delightful stories about how, how Creedence formed and, you know, just kind of the whole career of Fogarty. And he interjected him, not every song. So it wasn't like, you know, song talk, song talk. It was like do a chunk and, you know, he would introduce the album and what was going on with the band at the time. I think he had a couple of interjections about what was going on in the world at the time and how, how, how it informed the songwriting. And, and, it wasn't too much. It was just the right amount. And it, it, it created a, you know, a different type of evening for people. You felt you walked out uplifted because the music was so good. And the, and the band he put together was really good, but you, you were, you learned something, you know, you, 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 you felt like you understood why this music is so important to people and why it's lasted so long. Yeah. And you know, the whole net net of it was really fantastic. And again, Steve, Steve's, that's Steve's gig. You know, that's, that's his, that's, that's his, his thing. Juice. Well, even when he yeah. came on gig gab here and we'll put yeah. a link in the, in the notes to the show we did with him. It was, it didn't take very long for, you know, the three of us to devolve into, you know, the nuances college and, of rock and roll and, knowledge. And, yes. The school of rock <laughs> knowledge. Yeah. Nitty gritty of, Oh, who played on this album? And, and did you know? And yes, I knew, but did you know this? And like that, <laughs> the rock trivia, right. You know? Yep. So uh, yeah, that's who he is. And like you said like that's him communicating his genuine like but it's an interaction it's an interesting thing it's or, an interaction yeah it's an interaction hopefully it's interesting <laughs> you know yeah 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 cool but i just want to say you know like you doing you doing your special fling fests are really good i i think they're you know they're good for your soul to do them and they're good for your soul to just you know to give this gift to people who are interested yeah. it's good for them you know that they, they i i'm finding not much price sensitivity. So we were $15 in advance, $20 at the door, not much price sensitivity. And we're yep. $10 uh, at the door for most club dates. So, you know, there's a financial uh, part of this. that's kind of cool. Um, the creative part of it is really cool. I mean, it's just so freaking fulfilling. I posit that it's really good for your music scene. It's like, oh, not, you know, there That's are a really lot of bar agree. gigs, you know, there are a lot of bars and a lot of towns and a lot of bar gigs and they do what they do. And people who are predisposed to loving that stuff are going to seek that stuff out. There are music consumers where bar gigs are, are intimidating things. They'll come and see me play an acoustic show and they, they'll come see the house rockers outside in a festival or a fair, but they will never step foot in a bar and this is this is yet another way to you know further that conversation with your that's audience. A, that's a really interesting thing that you said. You know, for some people, bars are intimidating things, and it's it's important to remember that, right? Because as as musicians, uh, you know, there are a few places where I feel more at home away from home than at a bar. Right. You know, I'm really comfortable in these kinds of places because I've I've played, you know, hundreds of them. And uh, wait a second. Are you as comfortable on the other side of the jump kit, though? Like, do you would you go to a bar just to hang and listen to another band? I did the other night because my friend's band was playing, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a different situation. No, it's totally different. But I like 
even still, I'm comfortable. I know how to be in, in one of those places, right? I, I know how to sense when like things are moving perhaps a little too violently over there and I'll take three <laughs> steps this direction. You, you know what I mean? But like, I, I, it's not an uncomfortable place for me. In fact, the, the greatest level of, of discomfort that I have, and of course this, this part, this bar was a, uh, it was transformed into a party uh, where this particular issue wasn't an issue. But my biggest issue when I go to bars to see friends bands play is, I forget to pay for drinks because I go up to the bar and it's like, oh yeah, you know, like the band usually gets free drinks or at the very worst has like a band tab going or something. <laughs> and you know, but I've had it happen a couple of times where somebody's like, Are you gonna pay for that? It's like, oh crap, sorry. You know, and, and, and then I obviously I pay them and tip them well and apologize. It's not intentional. But that's like the most uncomfortable thing that happens to me at, at bars is 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 that kind of like, oh yeah, it's like this isn't my night. This is someone else's night. I have to respect that there are boundaries that normally I don't even think about, you know, and so it's it's like that other than that yeah i i i um i'm comfortable there but but you know not that's not the case with everybody right and it's it, we we as musicians have to remember that that bars can be very intimidating things for people they're dark they're loud they're no place to sit there's drunk people spilling beer like they, like you could easily describe a bar as i just did as a very uh uninviting atmosphere <laughs> and and for many people that's exactly what it is so to create a vibe where it's not a bar and people can you know have a seat and they don't feel like that, that they're they're doing something awkward. That that's how it's going to be, and and the music's not uh, overly loud, and it's not terribly dark, and all that stuff. Like that can be a really, you know, that 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 can help expand your audience too. And at some level, like you said, perhaps a uh, uh, you know more financially viable audience as well. So yep, yeah, yeah, it's good, good stuff, man. Cool. You got anything else, brother? I do. I just want to send a congratulations to the lovely Skylar Hamilton for graduating high school today. You got a big thing going in your family, Dave. We do. It's a very exciting thing. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. You know, I um, everybody says, you, you know, you, you expect to break down into tears and all that. I mean, it, whatever. I cry all the time, you know, mostly <laughs> listening to music. But um I, you know, this, this isn't a sad thing for me. Like, I'm really excited for her. This is cool. You know, she, she's like, she's accomplished this thing and, uh, and then it's time to, you know, do the next thing, which I think is pretty cool. So it yeah. is, it's just like, uh, you watch your kids go through these passages, you know, that, yeah. uh, and you, you're happy for them and you're excited and you reflect on yourself and, you know, it's kind of part of what makes us human. I think it's totally, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, uh, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, wish her the best from the entire Gig Gab community, all right? I will do that. Thanks, man. All, all right, right bro. Well, everybody, that's uh, that's what we got for you today. We will uh, we'll be back next week. No matter what you're doing, well, when you're on stage. You don't necessarily want always. to do this off stage, but on stage. Always. Always be performing. That's it. 